Are you guys ready to record this whole thing all over again? <laughs> I didn't care for it. I didn't buy it. That, that seems pretty ridiculous. I don't even want to think about the possibility of you having your dick out. Yikes. This is the most important thing in the universe. What happened to it? I, I, I don't know. I needed to suck in absolutely every moment of awesomeness. Yeah. Welcome back to another fun and festive episode of the Geek Legacy Podcast, where we talk about everything in the realm of entertainment news, as long as it falls under the geeky umbrella. I am Justin Cavender, and as always, I want to welcome Mr. Randy Van Dyke. How are you doing today? Uh, so good. Uh, happy 2021 to all y'all. Yay! <laughs> Exciting, yes. Happy New Year. David, David Edmondson, how the heck are you? Justin Cavender, I am doing fantastic. Uh, I've been watching a lot of TV, a lot of streaming television programs, and I realized, you know, why why didn't I ever watch a lot of television? Because I caught up, I, I watched all of The Watchmen and a couple other things, and I realized it's because there's no no movies out right now. You know, normally I'm a movie guy, and I like to go to the movies and like to watch movies, but uh, there's nothing really new coming out that's any good. So, uh, so I sat down and watched a small little program called Star Trek Discovery that Randy was talking about and that, you know, I uh, quickly dismissed three years ago as like, ugh, I watched the, I watched. I watched eight minutes of this, and it wasn't good, so obviously the whole series must be terrible. And uh, I was incredibly wrong. <laughs> I plowed through the first season of this of this this journey on uh, the, the USS Discovery, and I really, really enjoyed it. Like, they, they had quite a few little twists and turns that I wasn't expecting, and uh, I'm anxious to see seasons two and three now and whatever they have going forward. Um, I was... I thought it was a 10 episode thing. And so when the episode 10 ended and the way it did, I'm like, wait, what? That's it. And then uh, turned out 15 episodes in the first season. So uh, it's like a season and a half. Uh, 10 episodes is for Quakers. Everything, yeah. everything us Amish do, we do it. So this is you, but half as, half as much or half as, half more. First seasons Sorry. are weird like that. Sometimes it's like six episodes in the first mm. season. Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 12, but 15 is definitely a number that is new to me. But I've got to say, if you're enjoying the first season, you are in for a treat when you uh, get beyond to, into season two, because it gets better. Yeah, yeah, I'm super pumped. Yeah, so I got, I'm like halfway through the first episode of the second season. You know, I'm excited that, you know, spoiler alert for everybody, uh, you know, that the Enterprise gets, you know, brought on board. Um, so I don't know, Randy, was it a big, when we were originally introduced to Discovery, were we ever given the time frame of when the show happened? So were we assuming that this was a show that took place in the future? And then once the Enterprise showed up, they were like, oh, no, this took place in the past. Or did we always know that it was a show in the past? Um, I, I don't have a good answer for that because I went into it um, just from the look of the design and everything, assuming it was in the Kelvin universe. And um, I, I really didn't have any, any frame of mind. I didn't know. I went in as a complete blank slate, as I am prone to do, because sometimes when it comes to TV and movies, I'm clueless. And that works out to my advantage. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have any preconceived notions going into it. Like, like, like you, um, as things were happening and unfolding, I kind of started piecing together what the timeline would be. Um, but as far as I knew, it could have been some whacked out alternate universe because of how different the Klingons looked. That was the most off-putting thing to me about the first season, and that was was what I think threw a lot of people for a loop. But when you get past that and beyond the look of a race that we're so intimately familiar with and go to the actual, you know, meat and potatoes of the story, then it gets that's when it gets into to good Star Trek territory. And your boy Jason Isaacs is in it, Justin. He's the I know. That's and exciting. He's... See, I always thought that it was like a not really I don't know if prequel is the right word, but I always thought it took place before Star Trek 
that we knew. And then, like, just looking it up, it says it takes place roughly a decade before Captain Kirk's five-year journey. Yeah, because they run into Captain right. Pike at the end of the first season, and uh, he's the, Kirk's predecessor. The the technology is is completely different. Um, you know, from what you do, they have knobs for turning the ship like tie fighters. <laughs> <laughs> no, they need that. They're not they're not perpetually opening soda bottles or anything like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, it very much has the look and the aesthetic of the Kelvin universe, but it, it doesn't ever, ever specifically say that it is. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything because David hasn't got there yet, but there are specific links to, I guess you could say to both, but to the original series, I'll say that. Nice. Well, I really liked because you know every Star Trek series has their um, their mirror mirror episodes. You know where they go to the the mirror universe. You know with Goatee and Spock and stuff like that. And the first season has the mirror universe, and they do something that just I just never even thought possible uh, with the mirror mirror episodes, and they made it interesting and new and. Um, yeah, I just I, I really really liked the first season, and I was expecting it to be kind of like the vegetables that I have to get through to get to the good seasons. Uh, you know, I, I've I've heard people complain about that, but um, you know, I just really thoroughly enjoyed it as like you know a, a nice throwback to Trek. Um, you know, maybe it's just I'm so numb to the the uh, the geopolitical nature of entertainment that a lot of people can't get past right now. With you know, like I was talking about the the look of the Klingons and the uh, the clear racial undertones of the white Klingon and, you know, things like that. And um, there's a lot of really good allegories to like trans and, you know, people and, and, you know, it's, uh, I, uh, I thought it was really good social commentary on par with what Roddenberry used to try to do with the original series. So, but I'll also go so far as to say that it doesn't feel forced or shoehorned in there. It doesn't feel like you're having a message crammed down your throat. That's genuinely entertaining. So, um, so it has that going for it for anybody who might be put off by what David just said. Yeah, it makes me wonder <laughs> if, if in like the '60s when they put like Chekhov in in the uh, in the Enterprise, if like the uh, the S the anti SJWs of the time were like, "Ugh, they're they're trying to shove Russians down our throats or something like that." If that was the original cause to be fought, but um, yeah, I was I was a big fan. Sure. How are you, Justin? Well, I'm good. <laughs> Go watch no, Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> no complaints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on my to-do list. Hey, when um, originally it was, oh, I'll wait till the first season's done, then I'll just binge it. And then it was like, well, I might as well just wait till season two comes out, then I'll just binge it. And then it's like, well, now I might as well wait till, you know, just keep going and going. But until it's all uh, out, I will yeah, say until it's I, done. I liked it a lot better than Picard because Picard, you know, like I said, I got like three or four episodes into Picard and it just it kind of became what you know. I'm glad people like it, but I don't think it's for me type thing. Uh, to mm-hmm. this one, uh, it always always kept my attention, so that was good. Cool. Oh, check it out. I do like binging now. That's that's a thing. I never used to do it, and now I do it all the time. And most recently, I did it with Cobra Kai season three. And I don't excuse me. I don't know how spoilery we want to be, but I have to say I enjoyed the hell out of season three. I started at midnight on New Year's Day, I guess technically. And I went to about 3 in the morning with the first five episodes, went to sleep, got up early, and I finished the back five by before noon. It was like 11.46. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest show ever. I love it so much. And I loved all the callbacks. I loved all the cameos, everything about it. It's just such a feel-good show. 
I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit happening and, you know, some over-the-top fights, but I think that's what makes it so fun. And I just enjoy the shit out of it. <laughs> Daniel's yeah, got wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And and David's boyfriend, the Hawk Boy, he uh he was just on my last nerve <laughs> for a, a bulk of the series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was he was not a nice he was not a nice man. I uh I really was getting concerned in the like the the first half of the season that you know because I love Johnny Lawrence and like he's the heart and soul of the show for me. And I, I was getting a little worried that was instead of being balanced with him and Daniel's son, that it was really becoming the, like the, the, the La Russa show. And uh, I, I was, I didn't want him to be a background character, but then I was happy then in the second half, you know, it really, really picked back up with, uh, with Mr. Lawrence uh, taking control and stuff like that. And I'm super excited for what season four holds and uh, I can't wait. Sure. Eagle Fang Karate. <laughs> Eagle Fang Karate. <laughs> They're like, eagles don't have fangs. He's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Quit. Quiet. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a pretty shit. cool artwork, though. Yeah. No, I agree. Fangs. I like how he's just trying to get Miguel to walk. Like, it was, like, why, don't, why aren't you walking? I know. And it's it's so crazy because, like, they have such a wonderful relationship. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. And then when uh, you think about Robbie and just how cheated he's been his entire life. It just, it really sucks. You know, he's taking care of his mom, who was an addict, and now she's, of course, in, like, rehab and everything. But the kid has had it rough his entire life. And every time, you know, you just think that things are going to go better, they just, they're not. <laughs> and it's really depressing when it comes to Robbie. It makes, breaks my heart. Yeah. And the end of season three really breaks your heart with, with poor Robbie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a week. I mean, I mean, I, do you guys know? Do you guys know let's, dive, let's dive into it. Spoilers. Let's, let's. Let's do this. If you haven't right, watched so the show, fast your forward. Spoiler warning. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, who's going to start? Uh, well, I mean, from a from a character perspective, I, I was pretty excited that Allie came back, uh, and I like that she didn't come back as like this like third leg of like a love triangle that was really going to mess up what what Johnny and uh, and and uh, Miguel's mom had at the beginning of that episode. Uh, it was great that she just kind of popped in and was like hanging out with old friends from high school and. I liked that there was no no jealousy from anybody. I liked that Daniel's wife was like, I want to talk to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so all of it was good. And I liked the absurdity of her and uh, Daniel's wife talking about like the karate rivalry and just how, how dumb it is. <laughs> but and then when you say it out loud, it's just the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, totally. And then uh, and even how Daniel like had a had a Johnny moment where he saw Allie talking to some dude in college and he was like, What the fuck, man? And he's gotta go like try and kick his ass. And it's like, dude, you you literally just had this in a movie not too long two, ago. There are two sides of the same coin. <laughs> really yeah. That's great. And that and I, one I, town I, hall meeting going like I remember you were the bully or something like that. <laughs> like calling into question the fact that he wasn't getting bullied, that he was himself the bully. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I like that there was fallout from Link, that, that enormous brawl at a high school, you know, like there would be. You know, it was nice that it wasn't something that was just kind of swept under the rug. It was, uh, it was, it was dealt with. And uh, I, uh, although I, I wasn't a huge fan of the crease flashbacks, I thought that he did a really good job of just being a, just being a freaking scumbag this whole season. And like he was the villain that like, he was that over the top, just lunacy filled villain that. A show like Cobra Kai needs just because the premise is so out there and uh, you know really ramped it up and 
you know, I know I'm I'm alone in the world basically, but I do like Hawk, and uh, I did like that he kind of saw the light at the end, and you know, him and Dimitri were able to like reconnect, and uh, you know, we get Cobra Kai, the Cobra, the, the original Cobra Kai kids back at uh, Miyagi Do. Yeah, yeah, I do like his redemption. I think that worked really well. Yeah, he just saw the carnage, and he, and his friends getting beat up. It just it clicked. I was like, oh, thank God! I can't hate this kid much longer. <laughs> it was gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> but did you notice that um, Aisha was was gone? Yeah, yeah. They, they they wrote it into like she's off somewhere with you know studying abroad or something like that. Yeah, I wonder what the story is with that. Uh, so Josh, uh, it was Josh Horowitz, who, 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 the main showrunner. He um he had called her before the season. Just he basically they only have so many stories to tell, and he's like. You know, unfortunately, we don't have anything for you this season, but it's definitely not a we'll never use you again. You know, we love you. We love the character. You know, we believe you'll be back. But right now we just don't, you know, I don't know if she would have fit where she would have fit in the whole, you know, Cobra Kai kind of going over the edge, you know, unless she would have she basically would have defected earlier. But at the time, there was nowhere for her to defect to. So she would have just quit Cobra Kai and just been like a background character, I guess. Gotcha. So they didn't want to. They didn't want to reduce her to that, and so they said, you know, we're just not going to use you this season. Gotcha. And then that one, that one big guy that that's that's like an adult in the Cobra Kai class. Yeah. He wasn't in any there. I forget his no. name. They, they mentioned him though, talking about you know we, we never hired that guy. We, he's not <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We don't know what he was doing here, kind of thing at the high school. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. He just, he's like missing now. He just took off. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and how creepy is it that you know it seems like anybody can just like sneak onto a high school campus like uh, one thing you, you get the explained version of it when johnny just pops up he's like yeah of course i went to high school here i know all the ways in and out but then when crease is going around recruiting all the high school athletes he's like lurking around like some creepy old dude leaning against walls leering at little <laughs> boys i'm like what the fuck there's no way they would allow that, that to happen oh totally yeah. and i did like how crease like you know threatened the landlord for um the one mean girl i forget her what her name tori. is tori tori yeah um you know she was she was already she has a rough right yeah. and uh i did like how he went and sort of made her life a little bit easier in what way he knew how to do but that yeah was nice. yeah you know, like like not going about it necessarily the right way but in some way <laughs> having like that paternal protective instinct kind of thing it made him a little bit a little bit redeemable and relatable, but still, still total scumbag. Right? Yeah, yeah he's the worst. It was, it was a great way to to ensure her eternal allegiance. You know, she yes, can never yeah. turn her back on Crease now. Yeah, right. That's what he's so, good at. Because even though he's doing something good for somebody else, he has his own interests at heart. Sure. Yeah. He's a he's a psycho. Yeah, the same way he's poisoning Robbie. You know, now Robbie is you know his his main pupil now. So we're looking at a at a Robbie versus Miguel versus maybe Daniel son's daughter who I terrible. I feel bad. I don't remember her name. Samantha, maybe Sam. Samantha, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the three way between them. He's like, don't train too hard. <laughs> Cause they're, they're, they're kind of like making out and everything. Oh, that's pretty great. Oh man. Oh man. And then when he goes back to Okinawa, I thought that was awesome. And we got to see chosen again and he teaches him like a fucking five point, tom- five point palm exploding heart <laughs> technique and shit. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, he's totally going to. I mean, I think we all knew that he was going to use that on Crease. Yeah. And uh, when it happened, it was it was almost like uh, 
like the not quite the level of excitement that when I saw like Luke's X-wing pull in, but like I was like, oh my god, this is happening! <laughs> I'm so excited. Do do the five point bomb exploding heart technique <laughs> right now. Just do it. I freaking love that. Yeah, well, we Will saw Danielson and uh, and Johnny go pair up and go back to back against uh, Kreese. I was like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my body is ready. And it was so neat seeing Danielson learning again. You know, like continuing to get lessons from Miyagi, even from a distance, even through those letters, which I thought was a really fun way to to kind of commune with him um, while he was yeah. out there in Okinawa. Totally. Uh, I got teary-eyed. Yeah. I was, like, emotional. <laughs> well, when I saw that the village was turned into a strip mall, I'm like, where are they going with this? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny when uh, the one scene where they're at the bar and they uh, you see all you see is them put in the ice blocks and I'm like oh is it gonna do a little the little chop thing and it ends up being like a little thing for like shots or something like that yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah I was um, excited for a half second too seeing those blocks of ice yeah that's all and I was, remember from Karate Kid too it was a nice refresher that um, Sato and Miyagi were both trained by Miyagi's dad so they had the you know the Miyagi secrets of karate which is great yeah and it was cool that he had secrets that Miyagi didn't have. Yeah. Or that he didn't share it with Danielson. Right. That was cool. And those scrolls, that was pretty neat. I think Chosen's like, the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> Take your fucking hands off. Get your crazy hands off my scrolls. Look at your ass. Can you just take them? They <laughs> yeah. do one in combat. I love that he honked his nose. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Callback. He's like, you should have seen your face. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> Because when they showed the flashback, they stopped before uh, Daniel did it. And I'm like, well, why did they stop there? And then when he got him down, they're like, oh, that's why they stopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's great. That's why I watch this. Good but, stuff. Uh, yeah. But then it looks like they're, they're, they're leaning into to Terry Silver, you know, join in with uh, Mr. Crease in the fourth season. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of rumblings that uh, Miss Hillary Swank, you know, is uh, Julie. You know, she was also Mr. Miyagi's student. You know, of maybe her showing up in a future season. Sure. Yeah, I, I heard a rumor about that too. I think that would be fantastic with all the other great cameos that they've had going on and the the really respectful way that they've been handling all of that. Uh, I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's award winner. <laughs> it's it's seriously, it's like it's my favorite show right now. I, I can't think of anything else that I enjoy more. Uh, and when it came out, I cu- I was so excited. I was so giddy. I had to watch it. I felt like my in- this is so weird, but like since I was a little boy, Karate Kid's like been my movie, right? My mom made a dish towel and she put a lot of little sharpie dots all over it and made the little design. And I wore it around my head like a headband, like I was Daniel, and it was the coolest goddamn thing in the world. I never took it off from like four to six. <laughs> it was like my thing. I have to have this, and uh, it's just been so cool to be able to just get back into this universe and love it because you figure Karate Kid 3 was like 1989 or something. That was a long time ago. So 30 years and I am so freaking pumped for this show and I just want it to continue to be successful and I am so sad that I have to wait a whole nother year to watch, you know, season four. Yeah. So yeah, the the whole setup was leading toward up towards this tournament that we never got. We never... You know, each season has a big fight. The first one being the tournament, the second one ending in the high school fight, and then this one ending in the big fight inside the the LaRusso house. But um, but it's definitely setting up a big tournament for season four. And I'm wondering where it can go from there. Right. Uh, 
you know, I I suspect that season four might be the the final season. And I'm okay with that. It's a, it's an incredible journey. I think yeah. it would be awesome. Yeah. Because it took us to this point to get Daniel and Johnny working together. So the final episode of season three, finally they're side by side training pupils together to defeat a common enemy. It's like they've they've all these obstacles that have. Uh, prevented them up to this point from overcoming their differences and coming together have finally all been wiped out. And then now it's all about, you know, the Rocky four training montage on top of training montage on top of training montage, getting ready to be creased <laughs> and, and Robbie in, uh, in the tournament. And, you know, obviously how are they going to turn Robbie back to the good side, that kind of thing. So I, I feel like that's how season four is going to go. Yeah. Maybe Robbie will win. Yeah. Yeah, I had read somewhere that they were talking about, you know, like a fifth and or sixth season and like ending it at that point and then maybe spinning it off into something different. Um, but I'm with you. I don't I don't know where they go outside of the, you know, the All Valley unless unless they do it to where Robbie wins this one and now Miguel's won one and Robbie's won one and they need, you know, they need to split the tie in the next one. Um, you know, they could do something like that. Yeah. The rubber match as they call it. And and that's totally fine if, if that's how they want to play it, um, because I'm not going to turn down more seasons of this show because I love right. it. But I don't want it to run beyond it being good. You know, you right. don't want to live long enough to see it go downhill. The karate show. college years. Yeah. yeah. We got that. It's called it's like Karate Kid 3. Well, I guess in 3, he's, he's still under 18. Isn't there a karate dog, too? Uh, there is, yeah. And uh, Pat Morito is in it. So, I mean, <laughs> you can bring the dog in. You it could, yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't be the original dog, but no, you know, no. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you, Justin. It's just such a feel-good show. Like, there's just it remind, it's a lot like uh, like like a Parks and a Rec, a Park and Rec, you know, to where you can just put it on and just feel good about yourself watching it. Like, there's no, you don't have to worry about like duplicity and you know keeping up on these like you know, converging storylines. It's just a fun thing to watch, right? And and. Uh... William Zapka, he is just an absolute delight, dude. Every time he's on the TV, even Alex like perks up. She's like reading books, but anytime he's on TV, she's just like, "Oh my god, what's he gonna do this time?" And she's like, "Oh my god, I love him." That's what she always says. Like when Ali asks, "What are you driving?" He's like, "93 Grand Caravan." She's like, "Oh, that's fine. Don't tell me." And then it pulls up. You were. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. He's so funny. And when they're when Larusso and. And and Johnny are together. It's just my favorite. I absolutely love it. When they're in the car together, when they're kicking ass together, and when they're fighting, whatever. Anytime they're just on screen together, I just freaking love it. Yeah. Tango and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Tango no, and Tango and Cash are narcotics. Are narcotics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. In his 80s photos, I thought those were so awesome. When he just needs to update his profile on Facebook. Yeah. Do you have oh, any with a shirt on? Yeah. <laughs> Or he shows her that like that like mile long Facebook message. It's like, oh, you can't send that. That would be just as bad as if you liked all our pictures. He's like, oh, that's a bad thing. Tell me you didn't like all our pictures. <laughs> it's like, well, why are they give me the option? It's so funny. What a great show. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, Johnny is the gift that just keeps on giving. Yeah, he's great, and I love that everyone just embraces how awesome this show is. I haven't heard any negative things about it. I don't. Not that I'm like really looking for negative comments, but. It's just been like resounding love for this show, especially on my Twitter feed. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does the impossible. Like, you know, it, it definitely gives, you know, people like our age the nostalgia buzz. You know, it's got the music and a lot of, they have a lot of really good, like, like covers of songs too and stuff like that. But like the music and stuff like that. But then it's got, you know, the teen drama. So it brings in like the younger crowd and it's just this amazing, like, crossover thing. Like they had D. Snyder in that one episode. For I know. That was great. <laughs> like a make a wish kid. Yeah. <laughs> so D. Terrible. Snyder healed him. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love like, that though. All the different things he was trying to do to get him to walk, like lighting his shoes on fire. <laughs> Hot foot. <laughs> I'm like, did you really think that was gonna work? <laughs> like when he's like dressed as a doctor in disguise, and then the guy just looks at him, he's like, You're not a doctor. <laughs> just leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's funny shit. But then he decides like not to go through with it and just throws the the ID and the the lab coat in the trash because you know if if some random you know dude in the bathroom knows, yeah, that, that, that was kind of good. Yeah, he headbutts the like the dryer or whatever to fuck up his face, <laughs> just bleeding all over the place. But that's great because it's realistic. You know, it's like you yeah. expect in TV that he's just going to go for it and they're going to buy it. You know, um, it was nice to see that. He actually put some effort into it. Yeah. I know. That's the thing about TV, right? They find all these shortcuts. Like, once, like, computer hacking became a thing, that just became, like, the ultimate crutch on fixing all problems in TV shows, and it drives me insane. I hate it. Arrow is, like, the biggest culprit ever of computer hacking and making shit work. <laughs> it drove me insane. <laughs> started yeah. with It started with the girl in the Smallville... Chloe just hacking in the barnyard internet, and then it evolved into fucking Arrow Cave, where they can hack into anything they want. And it, I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Yeah, I like that Johnny was trying to return his computer because it didn't work anymore. He's like, "Did you plug it in?" <laughs> he said it was wireless. <laughs> yeah, he said it was wireless. <laughs> oh, he's like, "Have you checked your Facebook?" He's like, "No, I threw my phone away." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's good shit, man. Love it, love it, love it. Um, no, well, cool. No, I'm glad you guys like it. If you had to rank the seasons, how would you do it? Um, like just in order of of how good they were. Um, yeah. I would I, season one for me, just like recapturing the magic of of those two on screen together and watching that journey. That that to me is still my favorite. I I think season one is still the best in my opinion. Sure. Um, then I would probably say season three, then season two. Same order. I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I'm 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 the same. I uh, like 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 one is just one of those just great joys, <laughs> great joys that came out of nowhere. And uh, I uh, I and in this last season, I think I, I really liked. Uh, but I mean, season two was good too. But you know, I go I go yeah. one three two. And season two also had the um, the reunion of the Cobra Kai's, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And they brought the one back was- as like the preacher. <laughs> He was fun. Yeah. Yeah, in season three. And yeah, and Bobby. at the beginning towards the beginning of season three, they had the, the memoriam for the one that died. The one that had cancer in the show, but actually had cancer in real life too. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy. His name. Yeah. Rob Garrison. Yeah. I thought that so was a real nice send off. Yeah, it's uh get him a body bag. Yeah. yeah. Uh such a memorable character. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, John. Uh, sorry, Daniel. Didn't mean to do it. He was only 59, too, by the way. Yeah, that sucks. That's terrible. And in season two, when they're at that bar and they're like starting to fight, 
And this guy's like, whoa, you're the ugliest make-a-wish kid I've ever seen or something. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's offensive. <laughs> anyway, well, good. I, I love the show, and I can't wait for season four. Excited, excited, excited. I was excited for Wonder Woman 1984, but maybe I was too excited because I was not blown away. I I would call this one middle of the road. I would say maybe like a C, C minus at the end of the day. Um, Brandy, you were um, hot to trot on the Wonder Woman there. You loved Wonder Woman, the first one. Man. And, and wouldn't you know it, 1984, it's one of your second favorite decade probably of all time. And so I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on on Wonder Woman? I wanted to love it so much. I really did. Um, but... Yeah, I would say middle of the road describes it pretty well. Um, some of the music was great. Some of the, I mean, just I, I like the fact that it was set in the '80s, but it could have honestly been set at any point in time. Um, and the fact that it was set before a lot of the, you know, like the the Justice League era of of Wonder Woman or anything like that, we obviously know nothing is going to happen to her. We know nothing is going to happen to the world to destroy it between you know then and now. So because it's a story set. 35 years in the past so um i mean the stakes were low and uh a lot of it was super cheesy like batman and robin style cheesy with some of the cheetah stuff and um just the the visual effects too yeah like something like when she was running like when they were in egypt or wherever and she's running on the road i thought that looked kind of cheese ball yeah what are they doing? <laughs> I, I just didn't get it. I was like, um, got to go back to the drawing board on these visual effects. Yeah, I mean, technical technical issues aside, uh, I don't know. It just kind of felt like the story was not as strong as the first one was. And there's a lot of, like, moral gray areas if you think about things too much. Like, bringing Steve Trevor back into the body of some other dude and then essentially, like kidnapping him for however many weeks that he's alive, like preventing this other guy from going on with his daily life, whether it's work or family or God forbid, he's got a, you know, uh, a wife or kids or something like that, that he is neglecting by hanging out with wonder woman. Um, not to mention all the, the non-consensual sex that she's having with this, this donor body that she just believes looks like Steve Trevor. And why did he have to inhabit another person's body? Why couldn't his, her wish brought him back? I mean, exactly. One of the one of the, the the cases that I heard for that was like somebody uh, like the the oil guy, you know, wanted uh, you know wanted his home country, uh, and a, a giant wall appeared. Well, if that wall could come out of nothing, why couldn't a human be kind of brought in from nothing? Yeah, yeah. Gary and Wyatt made a girl out of with a computer <laughs> and a bra. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, tell I just, me the stone can't do it. Come I mean, there was a lot of like you know, it was two and a half hours, so it was way too long. You know, the stuff in their scammer uh, in, in the Amazon's home paradise island at the beginning. Uh, I get they're not the Amazons aren't in the rest of the movie. You want to put them in somewhere, but you, know, you could have axed that entire scene. It, it provides next to nothing. It you could you could make the, it has the allegory of you know you can't cheat to win, but does Wonder Woman need to know that? Need to learn that after all these years? I I, I just don't get it. Um, you know, the whole Steve Trevor of it all, you know, they really only get a chance to bring it back once. And for just kind of the way they did, it was kind of wonky, like Randy had explained. And I, uh, we had to relive the whole scene of them, you know, 
having to have an apart ways again. And it was, it was thing. And I just think that gold armor suit is just the dumbest looking thing. Ever. <laughs> like, I, I, like, like I think cheetah looks dumb, but that golden armor is not only did it look dumb, it ended up being pointless. You know, she basically just used it as a cocoon to protect herself from cheetah. And then, then she fought instead of just fighting from the beginning. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even on screen for all that long. Yeah. Know? Why bother making an issue of it? And and I get the that they're trying to make like an allegory to like like greed is like the actual villain like eighties excess eighties greed you know eighties capitalism you know that's the real villain of the film but that's hard to personify and you know Pedro Pascual did all that he could but at the end he just kind of gets 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 away like he gets to like go back to his kid yeah and it's happily ever after for that guy he's like wait for me or well, maybe I'll go to jail I don't know <laughs> maybe. Probably not. But but it was cool to see Linda Carter uh, is alive. You know, she was Asteria, right? She's the girl with the, the golden armor that was defending at the end. Or in the story that you hear at the beginning. And then she's mm-hmm. walking oh, around. Is that, is, that, is that it? Really? I think yeah. so, yeah. Oh. I didn't even put those two together. Did you even watch the movie, Dave? I, I did. I remember being so disappointed that the mid-credit scene was Linda Carter. <laughs> I mean, I, I think she... I, I love Linda Carter, and I think she looked amazing. But, you know... Everyone, I watched it later, like in the evening time on Christmas Day, and so everyone was like losing their mind. On Christmas Day in the morning. <laughs> no, I watched the Christmas Day in the afternoon. It doesn't work that way. No, too many in the morning. Um, so I expected you know, some kind of like uh, you know tie into like you know, Justice League or Flash or Batman or whatever. And when it was that, I was like, that's yeah, fine, but I don't know why everyone's losing their mind about it. Sure. But I didn't even put two and two together that she was the one in the golden army armor. Yeah, she made it. She I just assumed it was a fun callback to, you know, because she was Wonder Woman in the TV show. Right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I liked when she was riding the lightning, and I liked when they were in the plane and the fireworks were going off, and I liked when when um, they were above the clouds and it looked sort of like a Fantasia sort of environment with all the flashing clouds of different color. I thought that was kind of cool, too. But I like color. Yeah. They got, they thought they got their invisible jet somehow. I don't... I don't know why they needed it, but they got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> she can make things invisible all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah. And she can lasso lightning and essentially fly. That was cool, man. And apparently, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know that she could fly. And then so I started Wikipedia and her and all of her fun abilities. And yeah, she's been able to fly for a couple of decades. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, if you can fly, why, do you, why do you need an, uh, an invisible jet if you can fly? Because it's cool, man. You can fly faster in a jet. Getting gas, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Do you fly on your own? You don't have to get gas. Yeah, it's like a like a Tesla. Just like a Tesla. So But I thought everyone did a good job. Like I enjoyed the acting of everyone. I thought Kristen Wiig was fantastic. She's a fine young woman. Yeah, I like Kristen Wiig. You know, I like you know, I think that the the Gal Gadot's finally kind of seems comfortable in the Wonder Woman skin and a lot of people were critical of her early on you know you know they actually gave her you know a fair amount to say in this one you know typically she's a let me kick butt and look good type person to where this one she actually had to like you know have dialogue and had to actually you know act sure. in a mode a little more and the I trailer, she, was, she didn't have any lines it well she had two lines she had one where i think we can do better and two oh yeah i should have told you about radar those were her only two lines in like a two and a half minute trailer yeah which and is then weird. The, and the next trailer she added oh barbara what have you done yeah <laughs> But yeah, I think she did great. I think Peter Pasquale did, did fine. I think his character was just difficult uh, yeah. to, to nail down. But 
Um, yeah, I think that everyone. I think that I, I don't have any problem with the acting. Chris Pine, Chris Pine is always a delight. You know, I could I could have watched two two hours of him trying on that guy's clothes and just commenting on it, but um, he wouldn't let go of the fanny pack either. <laughs> <He just> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Parachute pants. Everyone parachute in the eighties. <laughs> Um, oh jeez. Yeah, I mean it was a little strange that, you know, I, I understand that Steve Trevor was her one great love, but you know, for someone who is for all intents and purposes, you know, immortal, you know, for her to I don't want to say get over it, you know, cuz you never get over your first love, I guess, but like the, the scene it should have been more of a cooling off period and uh I just I don't know. Sure. Well, I mean, she was on she was on her little magical island for most of her life, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, to me, it makes kind of. I, I think it makes sense. I mean, I think you said it yourself, right? Yeah, that no one gets over their their first love. I mean, you're still married to your first love. I am. That's not saying not over. No, I know, but that's a rare. <laughs> that's a rare thing, though. I mean, you're lucky. You've been with with the, your first love your entire uh, adult life. Right. And not a lot of people can say that. I am. I'm. Randy's Rand, had I'm like thirty two first loves. <laughs> Or, or 52 <laughs> or somewhere. I don't know. It's nuts. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. World War WW1 was a long time ago. Right. And I don't know where they go. Do they go modern now? I, cause I, I feel like it also was ha- hampered by the fact that we know whatever's going to happen in this, it's not consequential. And, you know, obviously we know that superhero movies they always win in the end, you know, with the exception of maybe infinity war, <laughs> you know, you, usually it's happy endings all the way around, but for them to set up this like cataclysmic event, like I, I feel like if they were going to set it in the eighties, they needed it to be kind of like a smaller scale, you know, adventure, you know, like, you know, she needs to like quietly stop something as opposed to this actual like worldwide event where people are going to remember happening um, just because, you know, it just doesn't play well with the other continuity in my mind. Sure. I think that's fair. All right. We can move on. Speaking of continuity, uh, a character that can fuck that up for everyone <laughs> is the flash. And yeah. we had all kinds of fun cameos that were announced that were going to be, or at least we don't know if they're cameos per se, but I would imagine if he's flopping around through different times, then they're certainly going to be cameos. Um, and it turns out Cyborg is no longer going to be in the new Flash movie. And dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Ray Fisher. He is, they're not going to recast. They're just, they just wrote out the character. Right. Well, he had said he wouldn't be in a movie. He, he will not be in any Warner Brothers film uh, while uh, uh, DC Films president Walter Hamada is still in charge. And so okay. that's what he said. And so... You know, Hamada came out and said that, you know, Ray Ray Fisher asked for double what they were offering him to be in the movie. Ray Fisher has since uh, refuted that, saying that that's, that's not true, that he simply will not be in a, a Warner Brothers film while uh, Hamada is in charge of DC Films. Uh, so, they, like Justin said, there there is no current plans to recast. Uh, he is just no longer in the movie. Yeah. And it seems to be directly related to whatever's going on between them right bad blood to say the least yeah like the sharks and the jets right i wonder if he said you'll never work in this town again i hope he did 
listen to you. I don't, I don't hope he means it. I just think it's a funny thing to say. Like, never in this town again, and slams the door. You know, Hollywood has a short memory. You know, they they love two things in Hollywood. They love tearing people down, and they love a redemption story. Yeah, so, I agree. I like just look at Iron story. Man. They yeah. like hookers and blow, David. Those are two completely different things. <laughs> yes. well, 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 they lead to both those things. They could be alive or dead. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not... I mean, we didn't see a lot of Cyborg in Justice League, but I feel like I saw enough of him in Justice League to know that it's not a monumental loss for him not to be in the Flash movie. Um, you know, could they have had, like, a buddy cop dynamic, maybe? Um, but, you know... The cyborg I got, which arguably is the Joss Whedon cyborg, and according to Ray Fisher, there's a whole other level of cyborg. Um, I'm happy with what I got. I don't need more, which is what we're going to get with Justice League. A lot more cyborg, apparently. With Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, Zack Snyder's Justice League. What's this new movie that he's doing? Like Army of the Dead or something? Army of the Dead, yeah. That'll be fun. (laughs) Looking forward to that one. I liked I liked his Dawn of the Dead movie. That movie, I was talking about this on Don't Be Crazy, where I lost my appetite at the beginning when, um, when the nice nurse or doctor I forget she might be a doctor when she uh, gets the little girls in their house and she just attacks her husband's throat and everything and just rips it out. I was in the middle of eating a, like a chicken sandwich from Jack in the Box and I had just <laughs> taken a bite and I just completely lost my appetite. And I never wanted to eat another one of those ever again. <laughs> and I have Zack Snyder to thank for that. Thanks, Zack Snyder. Yeah. I mean, I have since become, you know, animal-free in my diet. But uh, at the time, I was really enjoying <laughs> those chicken sandwiches. And now it's, it's, it grosses me out just to think about it. And it's all because of Mr. Zack Snyder. <laughs> my, 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 my uncle will pull me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, geez. Uh, so, uh, moving on. We also have some exciting news when it comes to Kevin Feige's Star Wars motion picture show. They actually got a writer. It's going to be Michael Waldron, who has uh, worked on Rick and Morty, Community, and he's even done the Loki series that is on Disney Plus coming out later this year. That's exciting stuff. That's yeah, cool. it is. I'm, I'm very curious to see what. Kevin Feige does in the Star Wars universe. You know, I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'll give it a chance. Sure. I wonder how long we gotta wait till it comes out. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, th- I think 20, uh, 23, 24, maybe. Yeah, twenty twenty three was when the next Star Wars movie was on. You know, that one slate from years ago, but that was before they announced four hundred thousand million things. You know, in in theory, there's technically still a Ryan Johnson movie out there. <laughs> You know, Kevin Feige's got his movie. Patty Jenkins has the Rogue Squadron movie. Um, Taika Waititi has a Star Wars movie. So we know there's at least four Star Wars movies out there, whether or not Ryan Johnson, you know, depending on on who you believe on the internet, you know, the Ryan Johnsons and the Kathleen Kennedys are on their way out. You know, the Filonis and the Favros are on their way in. Um, If that happens, I, I, I imagine that we would lose Mr. Johnson's next Star Wars movie, which could be a bad thing you know maybe he has a great idea let's keep him away from luke skywalker other than that or keep him away from <laughs> keep him away from spaceship battles sure that's fair the spaceship yeah. battle i still don't understand the the whole outrunning the chase scene i don't get it i don't understand the, the rules 
Like, I don't know why they can't catch up to him. I don't understand what's happening. Because you see, the uh, the Resistance spaceships are just that much faster <laughs> than the First Order. Throw out some stormtroopers. Lose some weight. Make it go faster. Or just go light speed in front of them and then come from the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Or what if they just pointed all their guns facing the other way and then they shot to propel them further and faster? <laughs> That's an idea. Like, You're an idea, man, Justin. Like the aerosol cans, but it's blasters. <laughs> so you sit on a chair and fire extinguisher to move you around. Exactly. I don't understand why this is a problem. Just fucking go. You, you, if you could figure it out, Justin, you are a smarter man than the rest I of us. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for crying out loud. I just like that their idea is like no. Uh, no urgency. We'll let them run out of gas. You know, run, <laughs> run out of gas. How does that work anyway? Do they? I've never seen them stop to get gas. Is it like uh, spaceballs where they just go to the truck stop and <laughs> <It's> exactly <laughs> like spaceballs? <laughs> That's so weird. I mean, because you know, like we have nu- nuclear vessels, and we just are powered by that. You know, got that lithium crystals. <laughs> Turn it on, you're good to go. What's the problem? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, I mean, especially because Kylo Ren and two Tie Fighters basically crippled the ship. So why don't they just send more Tie Fighters and let them just blow them up? Yeah, I don't get it. Well, then you need a much more <laughs> Kylo Rens to pilot them because he's right. got the secret sauce. Yeah, That's true. He didn't even pull the trigger. He should have put the top down in his Tie Fighter and just waved his lightsaber. Around. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Are you proud of me yet? <laughs> no, no there's, there's something to that. And now, okay, he obviously can't put the top down. But imagine, like, he's got this little claw that holds the, the lightsaber hilt outside of the TIE fighter. And he's just flying around. And then all of a sudden, he can just, you know, wield the force to, like, ignite his, tie, his, uh, his lightsaber, spin it around, like, through a ship or something like that, like a capital ship. Just throw it, like, you know right into a reactor or something like that and then shoot, 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 you know like comes spinning back and then goes right back into the clamp on the tie fighter gets his <laughs> Perfect. Back. it worked for thor when he was calling his hammer back in dr strange's house there you go Amazing. destroying everything and in game sometimes it takes a while <laughs> <laughs> exactly honestly we gotta start yeah, writing star wars movies yeah I guess. Well, they can ride it, and then we'll fix it. How about that? It'll be better. Yeah. Just keep Mr. Johnson away from space. Because everyone complains about that. The destroyers. Rather, the destroyers, the bombers. Oh. Yeah. That was pretty silly. I don't uh, understand that either. <laughs> why did it go slow? It looked cool, but they were just slow. Yeah. Tie bombers are fast. They're not super agile, but they can bomb the hell out of shit. Yeah, I thought it looked neat. Like the whole little cord of all them just dropping down. I dug that. Yeah. It reminded me of um, the strands of of the gas in the rock where they're like those little ball spheres. Yeah, the pearls. Yeah. It was like VX gas. That's what it sort of reminded me of. You know how this shit works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how this shit I like works. That, guy. that guy's cool, man. Yeah. Very active on Twitter. Finding man. Up, down, all the way. Yeah. All Are right. You sad so mo- the no cyborg in, in Flash, Justin. Does that make you sad? I already moved oh. on from that. Oh, that's right. We did. Sorry. We're, we're <laughs> on Kevin Feige again. I'm I'm indifferent. I mean, I want him to be happy, and I want him to enjoy the work that he does. And if he's not gonna, 
enjoy the work, then I suggest he move on to something else and where he can be appreciated and and, and, and be proud of what he's doing and at the end of the day feel good about it. I don't I want right. everyone to be happy. Everybody? Everybody. No. Everybody Yeah. <laughs> like that AT and T commercial. Anyway, um Star Wars High Republic. You are the resident expert now that you've read like five pages more than us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you, you got the books? Did you get the comic books? Did you get the bazooka gum? What do you got? Talk to me I, about I Star Wars High Republic. Be, I will be getting everything High Republic. This will be like Randy absorbs everything Mandalorian. Uh, you know, assuming that I continue to enjoy it. Um, a third of the way through the first book. The first book came out on Tuesday. Um, and uh, I love it so far. It's it takes place 300 years before the Battle of Yavin. The only character conceivably that we know in this time frame is Yoda, who has already been mentioned twice. Oh. <laughs> uh, he is uh, he is as much a badass in this time frame as in others. Uh, the, the two times he's referenced, the first time it's uh, in reference to someone uh, comparing powers of Jedi, uh, a Jedi Padawan, and saying like, uh, uh, you know he's no master Yoda or something like that, something to that extent. And then there is a point to where all the Jedi need to kind of commune together. And uh, Yoda is one of the people that lends his power in the force. And it is noted that it is, it is large and in charge. And that, uh, so, so I'm assuming that at, at some point Yoda will appear in, in the books or comics or something. Uh, who but are they I mean, fighting? Are they? Are they? Who are the bad guys? Tell me who the bad guys are. So, so right now there are no bad guys. So, so what, what happens is there's an accident, and uh, this accident causes things to go weird in hyperspace. And basically, basically the opening chapter is this giant um, like freighter. You know, think like a uh, like a like a train with different like uh, cars. You know, some of the cars have people in them. Some of the cars have you know uh, one of them has like Bacta. One of them has uh, liquefied Tabana gas, which is what Lando's mining on Cloud City, you know, 300 years in the future. Sure. Is there a bar uh, car? I'm sh- there, there are dining cars. There has to be a bar car. You know, it wouldn't be a train. Is there live a music? <laughs> of course. There's kids playing soccer. You know, what's, what's the band? Finger and Dan? There you go. So basically, the opening of the book is something happens in hyperspace, and this vessel careens out of hyperspace and so it's basically shooting these cars uh, the speed of light towards this planet towards this planet and its two moons which are you know mining uh, not mining uh, they're agricultural planets and so these people are trying to evacuate the planet and you know all looks lost because they don't have nearly enough ships to evacuate their entire planet jedi show up uh, to intervene and so they are they're not combating you know a, a quote-unquote bad guy they're they're there to try to save everybody and evacuate people and you'll bring people on board we're introduced to their new technology uh their fighters are called vectors and they are power their weapons are powered by their lightsabers so like like <laughs> like you had mentioned claws on the ship it's kind of funny uh they basically plug their lightsaber into a port and it char- it, it powers their actual like uh, weapons and stuff like that so when they shoot their lasers you know, it is basically taking power from their kyber crystal and shooting, you know, basically lightsabers at people. So it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> Why uh, did they stop doing that, I wonder? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's too taxing. Uh, it, it It's really cool to see, you know, you know, Jedi of... In, this is this is them probably at their absolute zenith of power, you know. The entire galaxy knows who the Jedi are. Um, you know, they're... 
we're shown that there are many kinds of Jedi's. There are yes, there are the Jedi who have their lightsaber and who are able to just kill people and you know do amazing things. But then there's also Jedi who are great at diplomacy. There are Jedi who are great at you know it's called like battle harmony, which is something that we learned about in the, the old old EU, to where you know they sit on a command ship and they kind of like link every Jedi together, and so they use they, they they're able to kind of feed off of each other and they're kind of in this symbiosis. Um, and it this this book does not shy away from you know actual death. You know there are many characters who who, who die in this book so far, and just the the one through that I've read. Um, but I, I, I highly recommend it. It's High Republic. Um, the first book is out. I think the first YA novel is also out, and I believe the first comic is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is worth. I checking. think there's five covers for the comic book too. Yeah. Variants. And it's cool because it's 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 very diverse as far as you know, like alien species. Like there's a Trandoshian Jedi. You know that's Bosk from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, there's a uh, one of the main Jedi's is a Duros. Uh, there's an Athorian, the Hammerhead, with the two mouths on the sides. Uh, there's there's an Athorian. Um, there are just there's there's plenty of Twi'leks. Twi'leks seem to be the new hotness in this this mm-hmm. time period. There are at least two Twi'lek Jedi. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's it, it's great. Pick it up. So for the comic book, it's always weird with comics because they you know they're they're not cheap anymore. But I mean, you can buy the novel for like. Like a Kindle version for like fifteen dollars or twenty dollars for the hardcover, but then when you buy the comic book, you're only getting so many pages, and they're like a couple, like four, five bucks probably. And I don't know where the if the value is, the perceived value is there. I'm always weirded out by comic books these days. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming they're going to kind of do it similar to how they did like uh, Shadows of the Empire back in the day, to where the novel really focused on the Vader Shizor. Uh, you know, Leia dynamic, you know, the the video game really focused on like Dash Rendar uh, and the Outrider and the comic series really focused on, you know, like the bounty hunters of it all, you know, the Boba Fett's and IG-88s and stuff like that. So I'm assuming that the books will focus on, they will all interconnect, but I, I'm assuming they will all have their own individual focuses. And uh, so I think it'll become a thing if, if you like these characters, you know, the best way to absorb them will be in blank medium. Gotcha. You you had me at the uh, comparison to Shadows of the Empire because I think that was like the neatest. No, seriously, for for its time, for like 1996, uh, when Star Wars was more or less perceived to be pretty much dead, um, you know, to have such a big push for novel and video game and freaking soundtrack, you know, that sounded movie quality and a whole line of toys and everything for it. It was uh, it was a, a big, big push for something that wasn't a movie. And for, for Disney to, to even think of trying to do something like that now with what is essentially just books, whether it's novels, young adult, or comics, you know, without any other uh, medium to support it, I think that's that's pretty fucking cool. You can tell they're making a big deal about it by the fact that they made a visual trailer that they released uh, you know, and put out a day before the, the book dropped um, just to hype it up. They haven't done shit like that since the, the Shadows of the Empire era, so good on them. Yeah, and one of the variant covers for the comic book has Yoda on it. Does it really? Yeah. So if you want some Yoda... Oh, yeah, action. cover C. Yeah, so uh, Midtown Comics in, in New York City... They have cover A for $4, cover B for $4, cover C for $4, cover D for 15 cover E for 60 and cover F for $69.30. Holy crap, that's a, that's a lot of hooch. <laughs> yeah. It's 
crazy. It is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I believe they're I believe they're telling different stories, so um, you can enjoy all different mediums. So if you're a comic guy, get the comics. If you're a book guy, get the books. Mm. Or get both. Get both. Yeah, why not? If it's successful, I'm sure there will be a live action something down the road or an animated something down the road. Sure. Disney likes like animes. Yeah. Justin I likes see, I see your Twilights have like these crazy like masks. Like the, like on this cover, they have like these like cabal from Mortal Kombat type masks. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rad looking. Hmm. The more you know. Well, I hope you finish it and I hope you love it. Yeah. I can't wait to get Fisto a full report. Race guy, I can't remember, I forget their race, but uh, there is a Kid Fisto character. Oh, yeah. He's a, a Nautilin, right? That's the word I was looking for. I was just talking about that earlier today. I was, I was playing, the, <laughs> I was playing the, the Clone Wars Lego game, and I was trying to remember his, his race. It wasn't like sexy dice where you got to cosplay as one of these things in the bedroom. Oh, <laughs> he rolled a Nautilin. <laughs> Man, I've only got enough head tentacles to make a Twi'lek. I don't know if I could do a Nautilin. So they do. I need to invest in more tentacles. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, well, I'm excited. I can't wait. And I hope that they uh, are able to stop the disaster from taking too many lives. And I hope it doesn't take an entire book. or more. I hope it doesn't take more than a book to solve the problem. Yeah, I think that, I think that the event has already happened. And I think that there is no... I don't think there's a stop in it. And I think that's just going to set the stage for you know, the rest of the series. You know? Gotcha. Because right now... At the beginning of the book, the galaxy is in a state of peace. Like there is no, there's no ongoing wars. Um, there is, you know, obviously always conflict out in the outer rim because it, you know the farther away you get from, you know, Coruscant, the more lawless you get. Um, yeah, but the galaxy lawless. at large is currently not fighting any war. There's no the you know the empire is not a thing yet. Uh, they've already defeated the Sith. Um, you know this is, you know, there and finally. There will be peace. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there'll be a blame game after the event. Yes. They are they're definitely setting something like that up. Does it have maybe. a does the does this catastrophe have a name? Like do they call it like Oceanic Six kind of thing? <laughs> uh it does. Uh what did they call I'm trying to remember what they call it though. Like uh, I don't think they call it like the event. Like that terrible TV show. <laughs> that was a good one. Don't pretend, you don't, don't pretend you guys don't remember the event. Yeah, all six episodes. The Great Disaster. There you go. The Great Disaster. Yeah. You're, you haven't encountered it yet, but in, in Discovery, there's going to be a similar event, and it's known as The Burn. Ooh, is that, sick burn. Topical cream. You need so. Is that the thing that happens at the end of season three? Uh, in <laughs> Discovery, we're not at the end of season three yet, are we? I thought we were. I thought someone was saying that because they had an episode. Didn't 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 they drop episodes like the same time they that uh, the Mandalorian had their finale, and people were comparing whatever happened. No, it's still it's still ongoing. It's dropping every week still. Oh. Discovery is right now. Yeah, we're partway through season three. Huh. So I better slow down on my season two consumption then. Well, you'll catch up, but it, we're almost done with season three. So, we'll, what, by the time you catch up, we'll probably just be wrapping it up. Are you current on Star Trek? I am, yes. 
is there a Luke Skywalker moment at the end of where, where around where you're at? <laughs> that's, that's you. No. <laughs> um, I, I hesitate to call it a Luke Skywalker moment. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. That's so funny. I'll allow it. Yeah. Hmm. I, only a Luke Skywalker moment can be a Luke Skywalker moment. There you go. That's a great <laughs> moment. I'll be damned. That was a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> We mean hmm. that band? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you had some interesting news about Disneyland and their Star Wars land. What is it, what is it called? <laughs> Gal- Galaxy's Galactic. Edge. Galaxy's Edge, that's it, yeah. Well, yeah Destination so... Galactic. <laughs> no, so, that's not it. So we're, so we're getting a lot of stuff out, out about the formation of Galaxy's Edge where um, it sounds like the original plans that Bob Iger wanted to do was he wanted to set it on Tatooine. He wanted to have it to be you know, kind of like this portal to, you know, the original trilogy. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy kind of convinced him, you know, probably for the right at the time that, you know, the sequel trilogy is the way of the future. You know, this is there. There's only a handful of things behind us, but there's so much ahead of us. So we should focus the land around our new saga. Um, You know, as we know from the announcements that Disney's made lately, they are not doing much, if anything, in the sequel trilogy era right now. Uh, They're not doing anything with those characters. uh, And, uh, so they're, I guess, taking taking advantage of the current state of Disneyland being closed. And what they're going to do is they're going to, instead of having the entire park be all first order based, they're going in and sequel trilogy based. They're going to split it in half. So the the Rise of Resistance ride and that half of the land are going to remain sequel trilogy focused. You know, with the characters, you know, Kylo Ren, First Order Stormtroopers, Rey, Chewbacca, and whatnot. But they're going to do kind of a soft retheme of the. Um, the uh, Millennium Falcon side and make that more a Mandalorian side, you know, to where we'll encounter people from the original trilogy, you know, like Boba Fett, you know, we'll encounter, you know, those, those era stormtroopers. Uh, and I guess they're, they're coming up with a way to, to make it like, feel like a seamless integration. So it's not such a, such a shock that you go from, you know, basically you time travel back in time, 25 years when you go from rise of resistance to the Falcon area. Um, so it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, I think it just allows us to have more interactions with cool characters. You know, right now it's really Ray, Kylo, uh, Chewbacca, uh, some original characters created for the land and alphabet squadron, uh, and stormtroopers. And so I think now we can have, you know, Randy can play with Boba Fett, the new Boba Fett with his, uh, with his black under robe. Exactly. I am super stoked about the idea of going um, a direction that I'm, or an era, I suppose, that I'm a little bit more familiar with and enamored with at the moment. And I think that's really smart because um, if you look at, you know, the sequel trilogy is done. Uh, sure, they're probably eventually going to do some stuff that is set in that time period or after or maybe leading up to it that sort of thing but but uh current material at least where the popularity is at is all mandalorian and original trilogy era plus or minus so it's smart that they're realizing that and adapting to milk it for what they can i mean obviously they're not doing it for the love of the fans they're doing it for money so you know uh but at least they they recognize where the trend is going so they're course correcting they yeah, turn the knobs. <laughs> yeah, the Tie Fighter knobs. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's a relatively easy fix. I mean, the uh, the land where the Millennium Falcon is, it could easily be 
you know, insert Mandalorian town here. It could be Tatooine with very minimal effort. Um, it, it, it wouldn't even take much. My, my only real complaint about um, Galaxy's Edge is the music in there because it's not it's not a Star Wars land. It's it's Batu. You know, it's an actual planet. And so the music they play is music that will be playing on Batu. You know, to where I would love to, you know, have John Williams score kind of throughout the land. Uh, but, you know, I understand they're trying to be immersive. And it, and it is immersive. Once you're in there, you can't see Snow White's, or you can't see uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle. You can't see the Matterhorn. All you all you see is the Black Spire and Batu, And uh, it, it's great for immersion. You know what they ought to do? And this is something that I have been talking about since 1987 when uh, Star Tours opened. Just take over Tomorrowland, make that like the Mandalorian-themed, uh, you know, original trilogy-era Star Wars, and then keep Batu as Batu. And eventually, we'll be completing a full Star Wars takeover of Disneyland. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. I can do without in that side of the park. Frontierland yeah. can become uh, Mos Pelgo because that's kind of like a, a little western town, right? Uh, the country bears singing. <laughs> <laughs> go There's a uh, you know, before before you know the Galaxy's Edge was a thing. You know they're originally talking about you know doing something like that and taking out Utopia and putting like a speeder bike uh, ride there and stuff like that. So, That'd be cool. I like the idea. Swoop yeah. bikes. Swoop bike. There you go. <laughs> Going to be submarines. Get rid of that fucking submarine, man. That thing is garbage. Put it on. It, it's now set on Nemo. You, yeah. you, can keep, you can keep the submarine. All you do is you just put little animated Gungans swimming around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take out all the Nemo stuff. You know, Take out Nemo and all, all those fish. Go Guys, I think we're onto before. something here. Yeah. yeah. There's always a bigger fish. My God, <laughs> I hate that submarine. <laughs> Yeah, as as someone who is both tall and large, I uh, I second how much I hate that ride. And the line is stupid long, like every time. So I mean, yeah. they'll probably not never anymore. get rid of it because oh, it's not. Yeah, there's nobody in there now. It when it originally when it got rethemed to Finding Nemo, the line was insane for like a year or so, and then people realized, yeah, this ride's dumb. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, it just takes a while for the the submarines to do their thing. I mean, how, how many submarines do they have in there? Two. Uh, I think they have four now. Four? Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the, like the all, it's is... always taken forever. Whereas, like, Pirates, that line goes so goddamn fast because there's just 50 billion boats just always unloading and loading. It's so fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah, everyone's slow getting into the submarine, and there's nobody actually in the submarine, like, telling you where to sit. So every, every time I go in there, I got to, like, tell people to scoot down all the way. So, yeah. <laughs> it was one time I had to sit on, like, the steps. And I'm like, I don't think this is safe. It's I didn't even rails. have a window. I was like, thanks. Is it on a rail? It's on a rail. So, yeah. <laughs> You're fine. No, no, You're on the fine, back but... seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I didn't have a window. Like, like, I was literally like, my view was watching people look through windows. Oh, yeah. It's me on an airplane because I'm always in the aisle. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, oh, well. I love Disneyland. I hope it opens again soon. Me too. I gotta make a lightsaber, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you can defend yourself with that one. I know. You, you, you've been going on pure luck at this point. That yeah. <laughs> I have Luke's. I have Luke's green lightsaber right over there, and the, just out of reach. I gotta force grab it, but. Um, I, I busted I out my Galaxy's Edge lightsaber the other day. Did you really? 
I did. Someone did you hawk it for some money? No way. I love it. I love it to death. I love it so much that when we go, I might build another one just so I can I can be cool with you guys. Sweet. Nice. Because I don't want to yeah. be the guy who brings like a lightsaber into Disneyland. <laughs> I don't know. But if, if you they... but if, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, if ever, but if everyone like in the group's gonna build one, I don't want to be like the one asshole without a lightsaber. But again, I don't want to. Like... You can hold all of ours. Yeah. I hate carrying shit. <laughs> yeah, you can carry mine. <laughs> if they have a buildable dark saber, I want to build one of those. Ooh, yeah. That's what I want. They do have the the the, the black uh, kyber crystals. They they do make. They're just very rare. Mm. Then you can do dark saber shit, Randy. Yeah, that's exactly why I want it. <laughs> you make TikToks, so I can't talk right now. I'm doing dark saber shit. <laughs> no, we're talking. My goodness. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait. Even though I've already been waiting for a long time <laughs> since April. Yeah. Damn. Almost a year already. Yeah. Didn't get to have the bachelor party. Not yet. No. It was going to be the 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 prostituteless bachelor party at Disneyland. How fun is that? It's the best kind. Right. <laughs> Building lightsabers. <laughs> Disneyland frowns on the prostitutes. Yeah. You could get. <laughs> A prostitute for what you're going to pay for, I'd say, but you know. Oh, that's true. Maybe some interesting trades <laughs> might be available. It's a matter of where you put it. <laughs> I'm going to trade you this kyber crystal for a prostitute. <laughs> oh, we're talking. Anyway, um, prior to the show, we were discussing a fun list. David, did you find one? Uh, yeah, we have the, uh, the list of movies coming out in 2021. Okay, let's do it. Isn't that, isn't that what we discussed? Yes, that's exactly what we discussed. Okay, you seem surprised just there. I'm like, oh shit, did I just? It was for the show. (laughs) I wanted to be surprised. Is is this a Star Trek list uh, (laughs) thing again? Uh, Yeah, episodes (laughs) that Nicolas Cage could have started. Yes, Uh, and so so I found a list that has you know basically every movie that's you planned everything every feature length film planned to come out, uh, even the ones on streaming services broken down broken down by month. Uh, not a lot going on in January, but February sees a couple a couple ones. It sees uh, Cinderella, uh, it sees the United States versus Billie Holiday, and Tom and Jerry, which uh, I believe one of the voice actors in Tom and Jerry is, is Hawk from Cobra Kai? Someone from Cobra Kai is the voice of Tom or Jerry. Do they talk? I didn't even know they talked. Or someone in Tom and Jerry who talks. I don't know. They, they do not talk, you're correct. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't speak. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to pay actors, see? <laughs> so they yeah. did not in speaking roles. Uh, so, so, so March kind of sees like the first big release, uh, and it is a Dis- it's a Disney Plus premium uh, thing. It's uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. I know Disney's putting a lot of their a lot of their eggs in this basket. Um, Never even heard of it. Oh, well, there you go. If you I'm you uncultured swine, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it was a large. It, it was a large part. It had its own uh, its own section of the investor call. Uh, it's it's a a Disney animated film, uh, not a non Pixar film, in the they, uh, people are losing their shit over it, saying how great it looks. But not Justin Cavender. Never even heard of it. Oh. Okay. Does that make you better than me? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, better March at not 19th, knowing things. March 19th uh, also includes Justin's most anticipated film of 2021, Morbius. Oh, yeah. With the gargoyle Leto. Yes. Pass. What Michael Morbius <laughs> is that his name? <laughs> yeah, lab, lab technician extraordinaire Michael Morbius. 
who sure. probably drinks some bloodborne pathogen and becomes creepy Michael Morbius. I don't know. Pass. <laughs> uh, well, April finally brings, uh, you know, multiple films, uh, you know, that we'll be interested in. Uh, April 2nd is No Time to Die, the 25th James Bond film. Okay. Cool. Yeah, April is now the new summer blockbuster kickoff. I think yeah. it was uh, Fast and Furious up. that kind of moved that that lineup a little bit. Yeah, they they used to traditionally always be like that first week in April, and that was like that was when it was Fast and Furious. Yeah. Uh, April 9th, the Bob's Burgers movie comes out. April sixteenth is when Mortal Kombat comes out, and Justin loves Mortal Kombat too, so he must love this one. <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Uh, the following week on the 23rd is A Quiet Place 2. So more than one year after it, uh, its original release date, uh, right now, April 23rd is planned to be A Quiet Place 2. Yeah. We were planning on seeing that um, just before the sh- the whole world ended in the shutdown. It was going to be the last weekend of March, I think. Yeah. And they, they canceled. They, 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 they delayed it like two days before it was going to come out. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, then in May 7th, Black Widow, you know, again, another movie that's about a year past when it was supposed to originally come out. Thank you, COVID. And then we get to May 21st, which is kind of a, kind of a, kind of a busy day. You know, we have Godzilla versus Kong, which is going to be streaming on HBO Max, supposedly, unless Legendary gets their way. Uh, Free Guy, which is the, uh, Ryan Reynolds film, uh, where he's a character in a video game. Uh, and Spiral from the Book of Saul. All three come out in the same week. Which one are you going to see, Justin? Oh, I mean, I'm. I think I'm most excited about Godzilla versus King Kong. Assuming Legendary doesn't get their way, I feel right. like they're getting the short end of the stick on that one. Right. Um, I don't quite know how much money was put in the 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 basket there, <laughs> but I have to imagine they would be upset when they are expecting a theatrical release and it only to be shown on. TV screens and homes. Right. Legendary said that they had funded about 80% of the film. That's a lot of percent. <laughs> and it, uh, and it, Netflix had offered like $550 million for the film. And it, it, Warner Brothers turned it down. So. Whoa. Legendary is not very happy with Mr. Warner Brothers right now. Yeah. That's Mr. Nuts. Warner and his bros. <laughs> How does that work? I mean, I they can just pay him back, I guess. Got to feed the monkey. <laughs> Dude, a lot of bananas. Uh, but Legendary also funded The Lion's Share of Dune, which is also an H- was also possibly going to be an HBO Max original, but now it looks like it'll be a theatrical film. But nothing has been confirmed. Sure. I mean, that's still Christmas time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's December. Hopefully the world can get back on track. It would be uh, nice. Yeah, we don't, obviously we don't can't tell the future, but uh, I'm hoping that by October <laughs> the world is back to normal. <laughs> Yeah, to get married over here. At uh, the end of May, we'll also see Cruella. Emma Stone as young Cruella de Vil. Cruella oh, de Vil. Where she gets her taste of puppy blood. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You never forget your first taste of puppy blood. She's doing lines of puppy blood. Yeah, her too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> June 11th, Ghostbusters Aftermath. Randy Van Dyke, how excited are you for Ghostbusters Aftermath? 
I am so excited. I have been at a, a maximum state of erectness since uh, it was supposed to come out last summer. And uh, it is well beyond that three to four hours. I have seen multiple doctors and they say there's nothing that they can do for me short of seeing the movie. So, damn it, I have to walk around like this. <laughs> In the elastic strap of your pants. It's just worn out. It's just gone. <laughs> At this point, I've taken to use it as a table. I, I made a little attachment for it. I can put a little pl- sheet, you know, flat sheet on top of it, and just set my drink on it and whatnot. And perfect. Well, since Justin's such a fan of Morbius, I'm sure June 25th will excite him because that's when Venom: Let There Be Carnage comes out. I'm excited. I enjoyed the first Venom movie. I thought it was great. Hmm. Tom Hardy talks. Who knew? He does. Mostly to himself. <laughs> I literally went into that movie with zero expectations, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. I thought it was so much fun. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, July, coming in those hot summer months, uh, July 2nd, we have Minions, The Rise of Gru, and Top Gun Maverick. Ooh. I'll Top see the Gun. Top Gun. I'm, I'm not really into the Minion thing anymore. I liked the first movie, Despicable Me, which mm-hmm. I remember when we were doing our very, very first podcast... We saw a trailer for Despicable Me, where it was like the pyramid was like stolen. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was called. I'm like, this little boy is running around with a little plane, and all of a sudden, this pyramid was gone. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Man, that was a long time ago, ten years ago. It was. Holy shit. Uh, then on uh, July 9th, we have Shang Chi: The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, back another Warner, another uh, Marvel film. Uh, and then the following week, we have Space Jam: A New Legacy, which I saw a an early cut of, uh, and the Uncharted movie. Oh, believe it when I see it, man. Tom Holland. Is it uh, Are Hall- they done? Are they done with principal photography and all that? Do you know? I be- yeah, I believe so. I think we talked about it a couple months ago. They finished. That they wrapped up photography. Yeah. Could be wrong. I think that one will be fun. Yeah, you're yeah. an Uncharted fan, Randy. That yeah, I remember I you it. were. Yeah, you were all into those. Yeah, um, I'm into anything that's kind of Indiana Jones esque. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I dig Tom Holland, so I'm I'm excited for this movie. Sure. Yeah, and July culminates with The Jungle Cruise on July 30th. Olivia mm-hmm. Wilde and The Rock. Perfect. Yeah, kind of looking forward to that one, too. I shouldn't yeah. be, because it's going to be cheesy as hell, but um, yeah, guilty pleasure. It'll be fun. I, I, I do like The Rock. Yeah. August sees The Suicide Squad coming August 6th. It also sees the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which I assume is a sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, but I could be totally wrong. And what I'm most excited about, the Paw Patrol movie. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. There, okay. I don't know about all that. You guys, you guys don't. Yeah, eh, you guys don't know. <laughs> ah, it's a fun little <laughs> Seinfeld moment. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Uh, October. Actually, Dune is scheduled for October 1st. We were wrong. Like a bunch of idiots. Really? I thought it was Christmas. I bet it still becomes a Christmas. Because it was originally Christmas, yeah? Is that what you're it say? was going to be Christmas 2020, yeah. So I think we all assumed that it was just pushed back a year like most other things. But yeah, October 1st on HBO Max. Still listed at HBO Max. Uh, we'll see if that changes. Um, October also sees Halloween Kills. You know, the sequel to the Halloween movie. Uh, the sequel to the Legacy sequel to the reboot. Yeah, Yeah, sequel to the reboot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It also sees Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Oh, I forgot that was even a thing. It's a thing. 
So I really enjoyed the first G.I. Joe movie. And the one with like Joseph Gordon Levitt and Was that Rise of Cobra? Rise of yeah. Cobra. And yeah, then Retaliation I was came out it. a few years later. Yeah, I didn't like that one so much. I don't know why. I didn't think it was all that good. <laughs> yeah, that was the one the Rock was in, right? Yeah, the, the Rock, Rock was in the second one. The second one? Yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis was like actual G.I. Joe, right? Yeah. Character. He was he was Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Government issue Joe. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> uh, November has The Eternals, Clifford the Big Red Dog movie, an untitled Elvis Presley biopic, and Mission Impossible 7. Oh, shit. I think uh, I think Mission Impossible 7 is uh, it's definitely on my, my top three of most anticipated, uh, but uh, I don't think it eclipses my number one, which comes out of December, which will be The Matrix 4. Um, also in December is uh, Spielberg's West Side Story and the untitled MCU Spider-Man sequel. Wow. So, so real quick on, on Mission Impossible, the first one was like a 96 or something, right? So I mean, Yeah, 96. 25 years. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that's like Bond scale, but with the same guy. <laughs> yeah. That, that, is, that makes it all the more impressive, really. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's incredible the longevity of it, you know. Because after after three, you know, I think they were ready to call it a day and switch over from Ethan Hunt to Jeremy Renner's character. And the fact that they just keep getting better now. Is yeah, they're so they're so good, dude. Like three three really lit a fire under him, man. It, that movie's fucking awesome. And then it, it just each one just was better than the next. Yeah, that's incredible. It's it's you know, just testament to Mr. Cruz's star power, I guess. Yeah. So out he, of all of those movies. <laughs> What what are the standouts for you, Randy? Is do you have a, a most anticipated or maybe a most you know couple? Ghostbusters Ghostbusters is my number one uh, most anticipated I think. Um, I really do want to see Dune uh, too. I'm kind of disappointed if it does go theatrical and not to uh, HBO simply because of the um, of the fact that I have HBO and it's more convenient for me. So it's totally selfish on my part, but those are the two that I think I'm looking forward to most. What about you, Justin? Do you have a, yeah, you have one, two, three, four, five, maybe 10 that you're most yeah, excited about. I got a couple, I'd say, uh, I'm excited for quiet place Two. I really wanted to see that this last year. Uh, Dune definitely on the list. Cause I hate Dune, but I like everyone that's involved in this movie. So, if it's not good, it's my problem. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I'm okay with that. I've come to terms with that. And if if all of the the talent that is behind this movie can't wow me, then I'm the asshole. So I'm okay with that. I've come to terms. Ghostbusters again. I think that's gonna be great. Mission Impossible. Very excited for that too. Um, I think uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm hoping the Ghostbusters is Ghostbusters is my Fury Road because I I not interested. I just for whatever reason it isn't resonating with me yet. I'm sure we'll get another trailer and maybe it'll it'll go bananas for me. But uh, I think for me, I think Matrix Four is the one I'm most excited. I'm curious to see you know what's going to happen, where it's going to go. You know that then probably Dune, then Mission Impossible Seven. I would say are probably sure. my my one two three. I think we were supposed to get a John Wick, but uh, I think it got pushed back. Yeah, because John Wick was gonna John Wick Four was gonna come out the same day as Matrix Four. Mm-hmm. It was gonna be like a Keanu Geddon. But they announced John Wick Four like the day after Three came out in theaters. I got a text message like I was one of those crazy hitmen in the show, and it was like, "Hey, 
because I was in this. I'm in this fan club, this John Wick <laughs> fan club. So I got a text, and they sent that out to everyone before it even went to the press, which is kind of cool. You're like a, a rewards member for like the Continental. Like you're on their mailing yeah, list. <laughs> exactly. It was kind of cool. I was like, oh shit. That's a cool fan experience. Yeah. I was. I remember I was in the, the back room of Staples at the time. And I got my phone. Went zzz, zzz. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look at my little watch. And it was like, hey, dude, John Wick 4 it's coming out. I think I still have the text message. You're like, I'm not supposed to know this. Right. They're going to come get me. <laughs> Is my life in danger? Yeah. That's good stuff. For sure. But yeah, that's 2021 in a nutshell. Man. Stress me out. I'm not here to stress you out. I'm here to make you happy. But unlike Randy, I hope that the theatrical experience returns. I would love to see some of these films on the big screen if it is, in fact, safe to do so. Yeah, I don't want to have... I don't want to not have the opportunity to see movies on the big screen. I just, I thought it was convenient and I liked the convenience of like, Hey, I wanted to see this movie anyway. Oh, I already have the service. Cool. It's falling in my lap. Yeah. Uh, but again, like I said, it was just infused with a bunch of money. So they may, they may every, every week. It seems like it goes back and forth. AMC won't survive this. Oh, AMC got more money. They'll be fine. AMC won't survive this. Yeah. But I hope they do because I like their AMC Stubbs Plus. Yeah, it, you are the common denominator when these things fail because <laughs> you always are part of the club. <laughs> I am. I am part of the club. Movie pass? Nope. Thank David. <laughs> I don't think you can put this one on my feet. <laughs> I mean, I did. I did uh, during the great HD DVD and Blu-ray battle of you know two thousand whatever. I did choose HD DVD. So you know. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wow. Sam's Club's got this huge sale on HD DVDs. I'm a all of them. And it was funny. The, and I remember I got it, and I may, I even said something like, "Well, I can tell you, Blu-ray is going to win because I just did A, <laughs> B, and C." And then, like, literally, like within like a week, it had changed. I'm like, "Well, I'm going to return this." <laughs> yeah, might as well. Yeah. Shit. Well, I think uh, most. I mean, a lot. I don't want to say most, but once the PS3 got into more hands, it was a no-brainer. I think. Yeah, because Xbox was like an attachment for HD DVD. Like it didn't wasn't like a native HD DVD thing. Mm-hmm. So, what can you do? People still mm-hmm. buy DVDs, which is crazy to me, since a Blu-ray player will play DVDs. But I think your head would explode trying to explain that to a human being that is still buying DVDs. <laughs> well, I think the people that are buying DVDs are the ones that are big believers in physical media and not wanting to pay money to stream something that you know if the service disappears in five years so does their online catalog of movies so i I can see i can see still wanting to to buy physical media um and if it's a movie that you don't care about seeing in hd you know you you just want to have to watch it's better it's a better means of preserving it than vhs for sure but um you know if I'm paying, you know, five bucks for a brand new DVD versus twenty dollars for a new uh, uh, Blu-ray, and it's Revenge of the Nerds, I mean, I don't need to see it in HD. I'm Ultra okay. Ultra 4K. Yeah, I, I'm I'm okay watching a DVD. It still looks good. It's so hard for me to go back. Like when I there was a couple times on Don't Be Crazy where 
it wasn't streaming and I had a DVD copy of it and I pop it in. I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm like, let me put my glasses on. This looks all blurry and stupid to me. I can't stand it. Yeah. And kids are the worst. Like, uh, like, so, so Luke, my, my oldest, he, he's been watching old Survivor seasons with me. And so, you know, he watched the most recent season, which is season 40. Uh, then we went back and watched a couple of the more modern seasons, you know, all filmed in HD. And I'm like, so, but I was explaining him all these characters. And he's like, oh, I want to watch this. I want to watch this or this or this. So I'm like, okay. So I pop it in. It's like season like 16 or something like that that was filmed in, you know, 2008 or something like that. And it's like a four by three aspect ratio, not an HD. And so it's got like bars in the side. And it's like, how old is this, Dad? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can watch. It's like, he was like, was this filmed on a flip phone? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> That's so funny, man, when technology catches up with you. When we were watching all the carnage on that was happening at the Capitol yesterday, Wolf Blitzer said videotape. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, he just dated himself. Man, it's been in front of the White House and, and the Capitol building for decades and reporting. And I just thought that was so funny. Here he is. He's like, here it is on the, on the videotape. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. Made me laugh. You know, Buffy has the black bars on the sides. You know, 90s show. Well, and if you ever do, because for a while when it was on um, Netflix, it, they, they made a big deal about it going widescreen. And because they had shot it. I think on 16 millimeter film so that the stuff was there on the sides, but it was the four by three crop was done for TV. And mm-hmm. when they, when they found those original full screen files, there's like light stands and C stands and, and yeah. shit on the sides. Cause originally that wasn't going to be there for the TV crop. So I remember people complaining about that for a while. I don't know if it still exists out there or if they just said, fuck it and went back to four by three, wherever it's streaming now. Sure. But, so I think the later seasons uh, rectified that because uh, it was like the first two or three were definitely in the four by three, but then, I remember having the DVDs of all the seasons, and at some point, a switch happened, and it was widescreen, and it looked fine. So I can imagine in the early days <laughs> where they just have that asshole that's in the back of Mandalorian just hanging out. <laughs> because he's like, what? I'm supposed to be a black bar. Don't worry, I'm going to see you. Yeah, it was a big to-do because uh, The Simpsons, you know, uh, when FX aired The Simpsons, they they did a uh, you know a uh, widescreen crop into into the image so that it would fit you know modern TVs, and that's what they ported over to Disney Plus originally, and everyone was like upset about it. So I think now you can watch both versions. I think you can watch the the FX crop and you can watch the original like four by three. How funny! My Hank Hill is all in. It's all cropped. <laughs> that I don't mind. It's it's an animated show. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> right. <laughs> no C stands in that in, in the animated shows. Yeah, exactly. It's it's no sweat off my sack, as it were. So, NBD. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. You guys got anything else? Not a thing. Oh, you know what? I did have something. I'm sorry. I I want to say her name is Marion Ramsey uh, Hooks from Police Academy. She passed away today, and that makes me sad. That is sad. I heard about that. Yeah, she was the the don't move dirtbag. Yeah, don't move dirtbag. She she always talked really low like this, and then then all of a sudden she's like, don't move dirtbag. Yeah, yeah, like hooks or something like that. Was that her name? Yes, hooks. Yeah, Marion Ramsey. I was right. All right, 
cool. Well, that is that is a unfortunate. Yeah, I love those you movies know, so much. Just like uh, you know, um, Don Wells, you know, the original Marianne from Gilligan's Island. She also passed away recently. Yeah, on the December thirtieth. Yeah, the only person left from Gilligan's Island is uh, Tina Luis, who played Ginger. Yeah, it's crazy. Can you imagine? That's nuts. And, you know, um, Bob Denver and uh, Skipper, his name escapes me. Alan Hale. Alan Hale. That's it. They were, they were like 68 and 73. They weren't even that old. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're coming to that age, you know, um, the... The stars that we grew up with, especially from TV from the 60s and 70s and stuff like that, um, they're they're getting up there. Yeah, I mean, Gilligan's Island's 50 years ago. I mean, they were adults on Gilligan's Island, I guess. Sure. I mean, Bob Denver was 70 when he died in 2005. Yeah. 70's not that old anymore. I mean, yeah. look at, like, Ed Asner, who was just in fucking Cobra Kai, for crying out loud. That guy's, like, 600 years old now. Yeah. And he's still working. He's got to be. He's got to be in his nineties, Ed Asner, and he's still working. That is nuts. Yeah, I, I would. Ed Asner has to be. I'm gonna say, actually. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say ninety three. I'm gonna say ninety one. Uh, born in nineteen twenty nine. Oh, depending on when he was born, he could be ninety one. November November fifteenth. Boom, ninety one. Nailed it. That's still crazy. banging. I, I I hope I'm healthy. There's a time where everything's fine, everything's fine, and then then the warranty expires, and then just <laughs> everything goes bad. And I don't I don't want to get to that point. I'm nervous right. about that point. You stop springing back from things that normally you would spring back from easily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck. Just I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls lately. And I'm on the couch. And just getting out of the off the sofa, I'm just like, fuck. I, I can't not say the word fuck when I get up because I just have these <laughs> these aches, like this accordion ache that just shoots down my, my spine. It's so crazy. I need to start doing yoga or something. Yeah, I sat on the couch the other day watching something with, uh, with Zach, and I was sitting at like a weird angle. And I knew I was sitting at a weird angle, but I didn't think of it. And I got up, and my whole body was like, Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Shit, this is no good. And then yeah. just the, the the dumbest thing can happen. I mean, I remember my back went out. Just, I bent over to pick up a piece of cardboard off the ground, and I fell over in agonizing pain because, like, my sciatica nerve hit my spine and it just dropped me like a rock, and yeah. I was immobile for like three days. Got to strengthen your like, core, bro. It's like, how did this happen? I don't get it. And it was just a tiny little twist as I was just bending down to pick up a piece of garbage. Fuck me, right? For making, for making the world a cleaner place. Shame on me. Honestly. Oh, well. Anyway, so definitely sad about uh, Marion Ramsey. I agree with you, Randy. The, the Police Academy movies are so funny. And I think Police Academy 2 is probably my favorite. I fucking love that movie. I think it is so goddamn funny. More than six? More than sitting under seat? <laughs> yeah, six is terrible. Seven Holy mission shit. to Moscow. God, those are awful. I like I like two. Citizens like on patrol. Yeah, I love Citizens on patrol. I know yeah. it's not good. It's not um, that good. I, I like I like three. I like back in training. Uh, I'm more I'm more a fan of the family friendly police academies for whatever reason. You know, the first two are. Well, you have you know. a family now. Well, but I was a kid when I watched them. <laughs> Not me, man. I'm a fan of the '80s boobs. 
Anytime there's a locker room scene, I'm like, alright. <laughs> we're talking. I'm also a fan Pause. of <laughs> Oh man. Whew. Like of the police academy. Carrie Mahoney. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg. Uh, he, he's actually, you know, we talked about the show, The Goldbergs. It took me like four episodes because he he's one of the teachers in The Goldbergs. He's one of the science teachers. And I watched four episodes with him in the show before I realized that that was Steve Gutenberg because they, they really mask him well. But um, it was fun to see. You know, there's a lot of fun 80s cameos in that show. Nice. Do you watch that show, Randy? That's um, I, I just recently started watching it, so I'm still in the first season. But um, I'm, I'm really liking it so far. Yeah. Anything that happened in the 80s, there's an episode on it. Sure. The there was like a New Kids episode. I mean, New Kids are more 90s, but uh, there's like this. There was an episode about the, uh, you know, because there's a daughter and two brothers, but in reality, it's three brothers, um, you know, the real life Goldbergs. Uh, the daughter, they, the Erica, they turned into a girl just so they could have different kind of drama on the TV show because it would make for better television. Um, but in the show, they want to like, uh, get back at the at the at the daughter so like the two boys learn all like the dance moves to new kids and all the song to new kids and they realize that they're actually like new kids fans and uh so they even make like a new kids video and then over the credits they show the video that they made in the 80s or 90s of in real life and they juxtapose it next to like the video they made in the episode because oh that's cool uh, it's 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 hysterical i like new kids yeah i remember at sleepovers me and my friends we would do the routines that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 uh. yeah, we weren't quite as sexy as them, but we made it work. <laughs> yeah. Or like the, the brothers like arguing like, I'm the Donnie. I'm the bad boy who everyone wants to fix. <laughs> and so I know you're totally the Jordan with your sick falsetto. <laughs> yeah, he gets pretty high. Oh, that's awesome. Sorry, and, you're about to take us out. Take us out. Yeah, that's okay. And you've have you been to New Kids concerts or just the wife? Yeah, Amy, I, Amy, I've never been. Amy's been to like five. So she went to one, and it was like her and her sister. And then once she went to one, like all her friends were like, "Oh man, I totally go to New Kids." So like, sweet, all right, next year when they come, we'll all go. And then every year, just more and more people. Um, but yeah, I would I go. Sweet, I'll, we'll go to the next one. Okay, <laughs> I love New Kids. <laughs> if you're a single dude, I hear that's like the, the first time Amy went, she's like. There were two men at the New Kids concert. It was Lance Bass and his boyfriend and everything. <laughs> it's just like 30-year-old women. So if you're uh, if you're looking for a place to where the ratio is is, is stacked in your favor, New Kids concert <laughs> might be sure. a place. Sure. Sounds okay. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Geek Legacy podcast. There, remember to follow us on Twitter at Geek Legacy. Check out the other podcasts that we have. Of course, there is the Pixelated podcast hosted by Stephen K. James. We talked about the video games, and then of course we also have Don't Be Crazy with Mr. Zachary Rancourt, where he talks about why a movie is amazing or rubbish. And a happy New Year! And I hope that you just keep rocking and rolling, and stay safe, wear your mask, and. Uh, As the other podcast says, don't be crazy. Thank you so much.